What is going on? We are back for episode 44 of the Media Captain Podcast. Jason Parks. And Stephanie Parks. Here we are. We're ready to go. We have a new format today, which I'm really excited about. I walked in and Jason handed me a piece of paper and a pen and he said, here, write down five questions you want to ask me. I don't, I don't like your impersonation of, <laughs> uh, of me. Yeah, so we are today, we are going through like 10 questions, just Stephanie and I started the Media Captain in 2010 together, and then she split off in 2014, 2015, started Durham Warehouse. Um, and so, you know, we work very closely together just on, on both businesses. Ten questions, five questions each. I'm going to ask Stephanie five questions. She's going to ask me. I think we should go one and one. Oh, for sure. Back we're gonna, and forth. We're going to go back one and one. We have no clue what the other person's questions Don't are. Peek. Well, even if Stephanie were to peek at my paper, my handwriting's so bad that she wouldn't be That's able to true. get it anyway. That's true. But this is cool. Like, I'm actually excited to know yeah. what you're going to ask me, and I'm excited to ask you. Do you think we're asking each other any of the same things? Oh, I'm sure. Like, yeah, eighty percent <laughs> of them. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into it. And the goal of this is just so you you know we talk about a lot of um, tactical items in our podcast, like. Uh, you know, paid advertisements and Google Shopping and um, search engine optimization and all of those things. But this is just going to get you in the mind of a business owner. I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this are business owners, are marketers, and go through the same sort of you know mental things that that we go through. So I think this will be really good. And we always kind of say at the end of our podcast, you know, if you have any questions for us, send them over and we'll answer them. So hopefully this will get you in the spirit of that. And and again, anytime you have a question, we're we're both very open and upfront about everything so feel free to send those questions over all right um i'm gonna start okay okay what do you look most forward to each day when you wake up well as of now i look forward to going for a run the first thing that i wake up every morning jason has gotten me running at 6 a.m and that's that's i really look forward to it every day um but after that every day is a little different so there's different things that i look forward to on different days but i would say Overall, just like going in and, you know, over the years, my team has has grown and now we're at a point where I have a a pretty good sized team and there's different people in charge of different things. And I really love just like going in and being around the team and and seeing that whole dynamic. It's it's really cool to me and I'm really proud of it. Okay. And I snuck in like a second question within the first question. 1A. So what's your least favorite thing? Like, is it uh, grabbing packages or like there has, is there one thing that you think you're least good at that you're wor- that you just like don't like doing least good at me never <laughs> um i there there definitely are things that i don't like doing i don't like um oh what are they now that now i can't think of them so when i was doing a lot more of the packaging and things like that i hated unloading all of the inventory and putting that away it just took a, a lot of time for me to do um but outside of that there's there's not much that I really don't look forward to doing. When I was also blogging a lot, I didn't look forward to that very much. So um, I'm glad that I'm not as much the one doing that anymore. But but outside of that, there's nothing during the day that I that I dread doing. Different things that I work on kind of take me in different directions and move my focus around. So it's nice to have different areas of focus throughout the day. But there's nothing that I that I really dread doing any day. Okay. Okay, well, that was two questions. My number one is just one. Um, I want you to talk about your schedule during the work week and how important this is for your pr- productivity. So, my schedule, yeah, and, and it's uh, so it's funny because I don't view myself as 
like in my mind i'm not i'm like i'm not like a routine guy but then like once covid oh, happened he is such a routine guy. and once like i i just moved out of uh downtown columbus so once that happened i realized like when i moved and i had a commute rather than walking to work i was like the night before i had like i was nervous like it was my first day of school so i realized how much i value routine um all right i'll give you my schedule so i always try to go to bed by 10 30. Um, that's like, if I don't go to bed by 1030, I know my next day isn't going to be productive. So that's always a goal of mine. I wake up at 5am. My alarm clock goes off at 5am. Um, I specifically do not put my phone near like the dresser or anything near the bed, just because like, I don't want to hit the snooze button. Otherwise the morning routine will go get out of whack. So right after, and if I'm going into, do, well, I don't care if I'm going into too much detail. So See, Jason loves his routine. He loves talking <laughs> um, about all of the details. Well, I don't really talk about it to many people other than, other than you. But um, so at five, so wake up at five and then. No I, snoozing. I have a, I have a 60 pound weight, like a curl. And I do a hundred curls, a hundred pushups, a hundred sit-ups. So like how Stephanie says she looks forward to the run like this is something that clears my mind in in the back of my mind i'm always like regardless of how the day is going to turn out like at least i'm going to get this in and once i'm done with that i run two and a half miles so like i said i got stephanie on a running routine and so from 5 a.m and obviously i had brushed my teeth and shit but we, we just brought bought these sweet um, like light up vests Knox that we here. run with. Knox yeah, here. Knox and, here. They're and, awesome. An e-commerce company in, in Columbus. So uh, yeah, shout out. Shout out. Shout they're, out to them. They're awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you how that turned out. It's so great. So anyway, 5.45, I, I, I'm done. And then, um, you know, I shower. I get into the office around um, 6.45 when all is said and done. And at that point, like 6.45 to 8.30 is really like my golden time. It's when I'm most productive. It's when I'm able to, um, it's just when I'm able to not have distractions. And I typically tackle the hardest things each day. And and then I have meetings throughout the day. So like, unlike Stephanie, who you might have like two meetings, three meetings on your calendar, like my day, uh, yeah, a week, like my day, typically I have four to seven meetings in a day. It's gotten a lot better. But so once the business day starts, like it just completely depends. I can go in a million different directions depending on meetings, depending on projects, depending on, um, you know, uh, other things as just how the day takes takes me. But um, what's crazy is that after work now, I and by the way, I don't have kids. So some of you listening to this are probably like, how the hell do you do all of this in a day? So after work, I immediately, I go on another run because I like to, it's the best way that I clear my head. So I go on another two and a half mile run, takes me whatever, 20, 25 minutes. Um, I've gotten better. I used to go home and do a lot of work and now I go home and I might like go through some emails, but I'm pretty much so exhausted now by the time I get home that- After the two runs. After Yeah, that then, you know, hang out with my wife, have uh, dinner, you know, and that's, that's my dad. I can tell Jason's already loving this question game. I just got tired uh, thinking about that. <laughs> um, all right. So what are you most proud of to date um, with Durham Warehouse? Oh, there's so much. Um, but like you can't just be like, like just right now. Like what are you like when I say this, what comes to mind right now in terms of what you're most proud of? I think, I mean, what am I most proud of? There's there's just there's been a lot of milestones for Durham Warehouse, but being able to have a business where, you know, I have multiple full-time people working and shipping out orders, 
Um, and just like being having them be busy every minute of the day. I'm really proud of that. Um, but I think the thing I'm most proud of with Dermware House and also what makes us stand out the most is our customer service. This is something that I have worked so hard on over the years and literally like spent hours and hours and hours and hours talking to customers and, and problem solving for them. And they, they really notice it. So to me, I think the customer service aspect of Durham Warehouse and, and just like how people view us is what I'm most proud of in the business. And I think, it, I think it's something that makes us really different from anybody else. I want to read you something real quick. What? So Kevin was the guy who who films our podcast and and just he's not filming it uh, today. He's not not filming it today, but he just got he was over at Durham Warehouse helping Steph out with something, and this is what he g chatted me. I am amazed by how much Durham Warehouse has grown. Last time I was there was probably last November. It looks like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm really proud of that. We've it's it's been a steady, slow growth, and like we've. We've just made amazing changes throughout the entire time, and and every time something changes, even very little changes, it makes such a huge difference in how we run our business, and it's it's really cool to see. I'll, I'll tell you from the outside what I'm most proud of with you in Durham Warehouse is that. Thank you. Um, there was a time where Stephanie had. Stephanie, by the way, is is pretty stubborn. So <laughs> it, that's true. When, I'll, I'll at least admit to it. When when I try and like when I have an idea, like if I f- truly believe it, I have to like you know uh, poke at her ten times to get it done. That's true. But there was a time where um, you were all of the falls, calls were going to your cell phone, and all of the dropship orders were being handled by you. Everything and, was done manually, and, and, and every, everything was done by me. And, and you didn't think you were like nobody else can do this. So I yeah. don't. Not only like where the customer service is, the fact that you hired a great person um, to handle that and she's carried on what you're doing. The fact that you figured out like with all the orders, you were manually tracking that and you felt figured out a way to automate that. So like you just that to me, you've taken it from a level where it seemed like you felt like it had to be you. And that shows that a business is growing where you've taken it out of your hands. And now that's that's probably what I work the hardest on every day is getting the business to a point where it can run without me. And I, it's something that I've been focusing on for a really long time. Not just because, you know, I want to go on vacation. I want to be there and I want to be doing things. But I think that a business has to be able to run without the business owner being there every day. So that's where I've been trying. That's really been my goal over the past year. And with all these things you know hires and and ways that i've tried to grow it's been so that if i'm not there for a day the business can survive without me okay so if you could give my second question for jason if you could give one piece of actionable actionable advice to business owners something anyone could do to move the needle for them that they didn't need to like hire somebody to do what would your one piece of advice be for them (laughs) well Okay, so my one piece of advice is actually about hiring. And so I want to hit on that because I don't think that it's mentioned enough. Yeah, and, and we don't. We should and, have a whole podcast and, about it. And I, when I started the business, um, you, you know, and it's just me, and I went to hire that first employee and that second employee, I was thinking about, like, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to find somebody for not a lot of money, and I'm just going to, like, my passion is going to turn them into a great team player and and like i'm going to get good value i wish if there's anything i could go back in time and change and teach other entrepreneurs and business owners 
spend a little spend more money to hire the right person like if you're thinking between a forty thousand dollar candidate fifty thousand sixty whatever it is go up a tier because like it is going to help your business grow exponentially you're going to waste so much time and energy if you don't have the right person because i mean you can't teach lazy like you can't you can't make somebody not lazy or not not care so like that to me is my strongest piece of advice on for, for growing a business from taking it from like a solo entrepreneur. And, and it's so true because as the business owner, you need to have time in your day to grow the business. And if you're not hiring people that can help you with all of the other things, you won't have that time to get yourself to grow. Not only that, but like you start to, when you have somebody great, you never worry about them. You yeah. just know they're going to yeah. get it done. Yeah. And like when you have somebody that's not great, you're constantly worrying about them and like you can't have those people in your business. Yeah. Or if, I mean, maybe you have a couple, but like you, you try and avoid it as yeah. much as you can. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's great advice. And so yeah, that's, that, that's my advice on just like taking it from a one person. The other thing is like you just don't need... Uh, you don't need to be fancy. I think a lot of people like think they need, well, not now with COVID, but I think people just always try to impress like other people and um, be materialistic in terms of like an office or like their staff and like you want to hire well, but don't hire just to be like showy. If you really think you need like a secretary just for the sake of like when you might have someone come into your office where really you could handle that, like hire smart smart and not just you know for show and i've seen a lot of people that that hire for show um how do you take durham warehouse from this year we just we just you know and we're always transparent on durham warehouse in terms of like our revenue and how we're doing we just surpassed three million in sales for durham warehouse how do you take it to 10 million what is your what is your game plan Oh, there's so much. Um, so my game plan, you know, now I feel like I have the staff in place, maybe not to take it to 10 million, but to, to grow. Whereas before, um, I, I didn't think we would but, be, be the, able to the, handle it. The question is, how do you take it? To well, 10? The, the, I mean, the, the first step is, is making sure that you're prepared to handle those orders. So now I think that I'm in a place where, you know, I have a great team in place and I can, I have a great process where I can hire more people and not be spending huge amounts of time doing that. Um, but I think really the way for us to do it is to be doubling or tripling the amount of brands that we're selling on our site so that that way we can, you know, put up ads for those brands, spend money on those brands. And, you know, when, when you have, a hundred brands you have the people who search for those a hundred brands but when you have 300 brands you are growing your pool of people that you can advertise to so much and I think that's how we continue to get more customers in the door is just you know really get figuring out how to triple the amount of brands that we have on our site fair so I think I think that's going to be the most important step for us in, in growing from where we are now to, to $10 million. You know, I think I think at some point you kind of hit a limit with what you have and you have to expand outside of what you're currently offering. Yeah. And I'm sure not all of those brands will be a huge success, but we, you know, in the next 200 brands, we can have 50 brands that are just as successful as our most successful brands now. Well, and I think, I think the other thing to hit on is like when you're doing that simultaneously, what are me and you working on right now? Like we're 
working tirelessly on like improving our ROAS, which is return yeah. on ad spend yes. on Google. Yeah. So like once you're adding brands, you know, it's not just like, oh, add brands and it's like doing it in a smart way and doing it so that you can have a good return on ad spend and that you can be profitable on the brands that that you're adding. For, and for, I mean, for we've sure. we've always worked on that a lot. That's that's always been our goal. And we've always tried a million things to to do that. And we'll keep keep plugging at it. All right, well, my number three is the same as your number two. What are you most proud of when you think about the media captain? I think it's like similar sentiment to, well, I think it's similar sentiment to you. I think there, there was a time, and I think like most business owners, they have a time where like something happened to them where they just felt like they were drowning. Like yeah. you you had that and I had that. And I remember the- I feel the, like I've had that a couple of times. Oh, I've had that for like, there. There were, I, I mean, I've had that where I just literally felt like I was drowning. I was taking literally nine phone calls a day. Um, and when you just take a lot of calls, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. And then you're try- I was preparing the agendas the night before because I just didn't have, like at that point, I had to make a decision. I didn't have- you know, the staff member to handle that. But, and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to handle it. It's going to be three months of hell, but I'm just going to do it. Um, so what I'm most proud of is like typically now on my day, I have about two to three calls getting down to the fact that like, I just, I'm not as involved in, in, in the day to day. And that to me is like, you might be listening to this and being saying like, what's the big deal. But for, oh, it's a for, huge deal. For, for, for me, I was so involved and to be able to take a step back and now be focusing more on like the bigger issues and diving into that um, and making like be thinking more about hiring and growth. Like I'm just really proud of that. And the other thing is that like we've just worked so hard on our like internal processes and procedures. And like I do a lot of Stephanie, and I do consults with other marketing firms. And like when I when I'm doing that, I'm learning about their operations you know and to just see how it's handled by others who are like great you know but knowing that i feel like our onboarding and our communication and like a lot of things you know in our persistency like i just feel like it's at a high level and because of that and when i hear that from clients um just makes me uh you know, makes me proud. So, and and that's something that jason has spent so much time on is all of the processes for his business and you know, it takes a lot of time to put each one together, but then the results that each of those have, I mean, it's it's amazing to see what happens when you get good processes in place. And we've seen that for the media captain and for, for Dermore House with totally different types of processes for each business. So definitely make sure that you're spending time on getting those processes up and running. Yep. Um, what scares the shit out of you? Like what's something within the business that you just are like, that that like scares you? Um, taxes, honestly, like that it's been something that has scared me for a long time. And there's always different things that I have nightmares about and different things that scares that scare me. Uh, now I feel like our, our sales tax is more controlled. We use Avalara and we got that set up and, and we kind of know like when we need to register for a new state. But still, just that whole process really, really scares me um, because, you know, you get a, a penalty for any state from taxes and that could that could literally put you out of business. So even now to this day where I think to the best of my ability, I'm doing everything right, it's still, there's a lot of gray area there and it, and it really scares me a lot. Um, and I think... 
what else scares me? I, I always get really scared that like our ads are gonna, that we're gonna get like kicked off of Google ads that our account will be suspended. Um, that's a really big fear that I have and I think sure. about it often and I have nightmares about that sometimes. Um, that's where we get so much of our new business that that, that really scares me. Um, you know, there, there's like other fears like, you know, what if we don't succeed or what if something happens? But I just, I, I know that like, between the two of us, we'll figure, we would always figure out a way to like make it work and make things and, and make this business a success. So that doesn't really scare me as much. It's more of like the little things that could turn into really big things. Mm-hmm. What scares you? That's not my question, but now I'm just curious. Oh, I mean, Google scares the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, any yeah. anything that, you you know, for, for a lot of businesses, it's like you're predicated on, on an algorithm and whether that's organic or whether that's paid or whether you're succeeding on social ads, like it's terrifying to, to be yeah. reliant on, on yeah. an algorithm. And I think that, you know, the, for most businesses, it's um, how do you like, how do you plan for worst case scenario? And Steph- that's something that Stephanie and I have done. Like we've taken a lot of precautions to to just be well diversified in terms of like bus- business decisions and, and, and everything along those lines. But like I, I, people are always saying like, Jason, are you, what competitors are you like watching or keeping an eye on? I'm like, I don't care about my competitors. Like yeah. I care about Google's algorithm. Like that's who I'm, that, yeah. that, that's who I'm concerned about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's scary when something can have that big of an effect on your business one way or the other. Yeah. But, you know, fortunately, we're just versed in that area. So I think some people, they can just get completely blindsided by it. And we know what and, to And we for. always have. We've always talked about being diverse and making sure that we have a lot of options and we have a lot of different ways to go. So that if something did happen, we would kind of be prepared and we'd still be okay. For sure. Um, okay. My real question for – wait. Is my, it's my turn. What is the number one question you get from your clients? Um, it's so it that that's two answers because we do development and we do digital marketing. So the most common question is like how how long is it going to take until until we see results? Um, and it it frustrates me like so people perceive there's just like a different expectation from an agency. Like if a company was making a full time hire for marketing in the back of their mind, they're gonna say, okay, there's gonna be a couple of weeks of training and we're gonna get them acclimated with the business. And you know, then they have to come up with their strategy and like they have all of this time baked in and that's really the way that like, if you really wanna succeed, there needs to be time for all of those things. Yeah. And for an agency, it's just like, how long until I rank on the first page of Google? And so we get that question all of the time and then I have to curb expectations and just say, look, we don't give a guaranteed time. It could be within three weeks when we make our first on-site change that there's low-hanging fruit and we see a huge uptick because the title tag on your homepage wasn't optimized. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, that that's the most common question. And I think once I explain it to people, like they appreciate it because I mean, there's some shady agencies out there that are going to say yeah. guaranteed page one ranking in, you know, in three weeks. And that, um, and that answers the truth. You really, you just, you can't give a guarantee on that. Yeah. Um, on the development side, I mean, people want to know if they own access to their, their files and to their site, which when you build it with us, you, you know, they do. They want to know how long it's going to take. Um, but I would say there's just a, yeah, I, I would say the most common question we get are just like, how, how long till we're ranking on, on the first page of Google? And that's, that's, I think, the most common question. 
Um, so you started a, a well, you slash we, I'll, I'll jump in there, but you started a, a private label in, in Park Perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you explain to people in terms of uh, like starting a pr- private label or just like a brand from scratch? So like I started like like the media captain, like that's an agency, that's B2B. Durham Warehouse, you're selling products from a manufacturer, from a brand. Like you created a brand from scratch. I like would what, say we for that, not okay, me. Yeah, we created a brand from scratch. Like what would, what, what's your advice and what can you tell people about that? Um, in terms of what, just like anything? Yeah. So I think... Like what, what have you learned, I guess? Because for me, and I know this is your question, but like for me what I learned is like I like to move quickly. And you've done a great job curbing my expectations oh, yes, he, of, of, but like, like it's a long process. And yeah. so like, that's like, but what have you learned from, from doing this? Well, so I think that that's the first thing is that you have to come up with the product. And at least for me, it's a skincare product. This needs to be developed and it takes time. It takes time for the manufacturer to come up with the formula. And then there's changes that need to be made. There's testing that needs to be done. Maybe they don't have the ingredients in. Most recently, I have um, a product and I I'm, I'm, I'm just can't find the kind of bottle that I want to put it in. And that's what's holding it up. So that's been frustrating. So, And I'm the same way as Jason. I like to move fast on things, maybe not quite to the extent that he does. But you have to be patient, and I, I really have believed throughout this whole process that, you know, the most important thing is getting a great product out there, and, you know, you don't want to put something that's crap on the market. It's not going to sell well if you if it's, if it's not good. So just taking the time to spend time getting the product ready. I think the other thing is you have to listen to what your customers are saying. We have this great product, um, Instant Eye Lift. It's our first product, and people were having issues with the bottle. And like, and, and go check it out, guys. Go go on Amazon or go on Google to Park Perfection Instant Eye Lift. Like, you'll see what Stephanie's about to talk to about. You'll see ninety five percent of the reviews are extremely flattering. People love it. Five percent, like she's going to talk about that, and she took that feedback to heart. Yeah. So some of the people and and i know what they're talking about i've experienced the issue myself it has nothing to do with the product but the bottle we put it in the pump didn't pump the product out properly because of um the product being very sensitive to air and it would dry up a little bit in in the nozzle of the pump so i saw that people were saying this and i knew that i had to make a change to the bottle and I found an, an, another amazing bottle. It's in the process of being ordered. We'll have that in the next couple of months on our next round. And then the product's going to be perfect. Um, so you have to take what your customers say to heart and make changes where you can. If they made a comment about the product itself instead of the bottle, I would have made changes to the product itself. Because if the customers don't like it, if they're having problems, it's not going to be successful. It's not going to sell. Um, what else have I learned regarding park perfection? Can, can, uh, I, can I jump in here for yeah. one second? I think the really cool thing that I've kind of, it's not so much like learned, but that I've now, I, I, I don't know, I have a better, like, it, it just came like full circle for me with all of this. So I'm trying to rush to get like a product to market. And Stephanie is talking about like the value of how important a product is. And what happened with me is like, I never realized until Durham Warehouse of like how important uh, a quality product is. So like with our return on ad spend on Google, we would not be able to survive without having 35 to 40% of our customers Mm -hmm. repeat. 
So there are so many companies that sell a subpar product and they might get that initial sale. Yeah, and sure, but, you can get a lot of initial sales but, if you have the right marketing, but yeah, you need those people to come back you, and you, keep reordering. If you don't have people that come back and reorder, you're not going to be in business and you're not going to be that profitable. Well, and that's that's for us. That's for us. based on our margins for our products. But um, I, it's, I, you know, obviously there I, are products out there that people aren't rebuying. Yeah, understood. But like, if it's not a good product, you're not going to get referrals. Yeah. And like, yep. the, the profitability happens when you have a good product and you have friends telling friends and family. And like, that is what I've learned from Durham Warehouse. And now with mm-hmm. Park Perfection, like if I used to hear that like six months, eight months until the next product comes out, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, but now knowing how important that is and knowing that we're going to like nail it, you know, and Steph's working with like a lab and she's getting tests and she's getting bottles sent to her and it's like it's it's a process but i fully understand it now and that couldn't have happened without i'll replay this, this to him the next time he asks me when the product's gonna be ready right right yeah i'm <laughs> acting like now i'm all patient. i'll make sure to timestamp this this part of the podcast um but yeah so far i mean that's that's what i've learned and we've mostly been selling the product on to the germ warehouse site where it's been doing really well so i I think as we sell more, we'll learn other things. All right, guys. And we're going to wrap it up here. We got to drop off real quick. Um, So thanks for listening. And um, episode 44. Yep.